Hey everyone, Chiaki and Mitsuki here, and we are sitting down once more with the owner, president, founder, guy behind the awesome JList.com, Peter Payne. So thank you again for sitting down with us. It's great to be here. So I don't I don't want to bury the lead, as our co-host Kazuo says, and I want to jump right to it. You guys have a new website, and as a someone who's built websites before, that is not an easy process. So yes, it was a very long process, and we're all sort of, you know, you know, freaked out by how hard it was. But we finally got the new JList uh, website up, uh, launched about five weeks ago. Uh, the URL is jlist.com or jbox.com if you prefer the all ages site. Um, and basically, it was, you know, obviously we needed to update our site. We needed to bring ourselves into the the modern age. Uh, we had a very nice website that had been developed mostly around 2005 or something like that. And so it wasn't very, you know, obviously you need to be mobile friendly. You need to support touch devices and all these, these newfangled things. So it, we had to update everything. And, and to update a site that's literally been around that long, we had a lot of data to move over. We had, you know, obviously people want their order history to reflect the orders that they bought. So we had to find a way to do that. We had to bring in all the accounts uh, and update the affiliate system. So it was quite a lot of work and it took like a year and a little bit more more uh, to get it all up but we're, we're very happy with the results we think it's uh, awesome and we hope the uh, especially for people who are using cell phones uh, you know the visually it's a lot better um, and we've got a lot of you know nice features it's not completely finished because we don't have all the products up like the iTunes prepaid cards that our customers love to buy uh, we have to sort of get that you know it's a couple more uh, hoops to to clear before we can get that up again but we'll have them up very soon so I hope everyone will visit and check out our cool products that we offer and also my usual blog that we update three times a week. The uh, I'm looking at the website right now, and it looks, you know, in addition to looking really great, you you guys have really done a good job of capturing the mobile responsiveness. I'm, I'm having fun dragging the screen around on my computer yeah, and sort I, of I love doing that, yeah. you know, looking at what, how, how, how it would look on a cell phone versus a tablet. And, yeah, it looks really great. The um, Thanks. it's very crisp looking. So yeah, people should definitely go check it out for sure. Were there any new features that you added onto the site that you're particularly proud of? I know every time that I redesign a website, I, I, there's something that I'm like, this slider is really cool, and like yeah, just the the visual, like generally going, you know, being able to say to our graphic guy, okay, we're gonna do these, you know, visual. We want to we want to improve the visual elements and, and giving him free reign to make, you know, really nice sort of visuals that, that hopefully will represent uh, our company better to customers. Um, and then just having tools that are modern as opposed to, we we'd sort of developed it all ourselves. So it was all like hand rolled, you know, PHP. And, and it was just sort of before it was very hard to update. And if we, you know, we'd go to our ISP and say, how can you, you know, add some feature? And they'd be like, well, how can I possibly <laughs> I don't know how your code works, and it was it was a very challenging thing for a long time. Well, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that you made it through. Like I said, it's it's never a fun thing. I know to yeah, well, staying websites. up all night and, and 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 greeting the dawn at work, <laughs> and then doing that for like several days in in the course of a week. That was not really fun, but you know we we do what we have to do. We have to make sure that uh, the customers are happy and the. Accounts had to be moved, or all these things have to be do, done by, you know, hand, not by hand, but by scripts that need to be 
uh, you know, managed as you, know, you can't just set them to go and then go home. You have to make sure they're not breaking and stuff. So it was it was an experience. I don't want to do it again soon. Hey, uh, Peter, I've noticed that you've brought back. Are you, are you, have you guys uh, revived the the, the Fuku Bukuro, the the lucky bag on the right, on the website? Right, that's big for us. Yeah, I, I noticed. Right now, the grab bags, the, the Fuku Bukuro are up. The adult ones are up. We'll have the, the PG ones up this week. Uh, basically, we prepare sort of all year. We, we buy stuff, and we say, this is really cool. Let's buy it and stick it in our warehouse. We want to, you know, have this available for the, for the Fuku Bukuro season. So uh, it, the adult ones in San Diego and, and Japan are available now, and then we'll have a, a toy version and a fashion version and a, and a snack version, various ones will be available um come starting this week i i guess you probably wouldn't do it if 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 they weren't successful but i'm guessing that these that these grab bags are are, are kind of a hot holiday item for you guys huh yeah they're definitely popular people buy one every year and and what's good is you you buy it you take the items you want and then you've got christmas gifts for for people <laughs> hey look i got you this thing from japan uh, if you don't like the items and you know we, we really go crazy to put really good items into it. we don't we uh we, it's all stuff that we buy specifically for the grab bags in almost every case. I have to say, you mentioned your graphics guy, and this was something we talked about the last time you joined us, uh, was your Instagram account that was at that point just getting started. And uh, I was following JListCom is what it, it is, the handle is on Instagram. And I, I got to say that I, I deeply enjoy what you guys post because it's it's always... I, wish I a- had more time, though, because it's like... <laughs> Instagram is weird too because you have to manage it with your phone and I'm sort of you know I have this console of computers and laptops and stuff and and so it's like I wish they would let you post any way you want to post rather than I sort know. of forcing you to, to, to post in an organic way and I guess they have to do that to keep it from becoming a spam a spam plate yeah no I feel I feel the same but but I have to say one of my favorites I just found it and it was a whole six weeks ago but this is how much of an impression this photo made on me and and I'm just trying to sell everyone listening on following JList on Instagram again it's at JListcom with no dot and uh this picture is of a really cute Japanese girl, you know, making the peace sign. She's adorable and she's in an aquarium and there's like a big squid in the window behind her and uh-huh. it just says soon. <laughs> and the second I saw that on my pic on my feed, I cracked up. It was hilarious. So uh, for other social media, of course, on Facebook is facebook.com slash jlistcom and Twitter, which I sort of use Twitter more than anything else, that is just at JList. So please follow us and interact with us. Excellent. Well, once again, congratulations on the new site and getting everything up. So one of the things that that the, you can find on the JList.com site and just in general is you guys are, do a really good job of keeping track of what's hot in Japan right now and what animes are popular and what you know, trends are going on in, in fashion and everything like that. And and I thought as our kind of window into Japan, I thought our listeners would really like talking about some of the stuff that you've seen recently that you thought are interesting trends going on right now in Japan and, and give us your insight as both someone who is kind of in the industry and someone who just is over there. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we, we were talking about like what are the current trends. Um, so when I do my blog post, I've always got all these notes about stuff I want to 
write about it next week. And my wife is used to me, you know, she watch, she's watching some TV show and I'll sit down and say, that's really interesting. And I'll start taking notes. Um, so I try to keep on top of, you know, sort of what's going on uh, in the industry. Uh, uh, just like I'm a fan, so I want to know what's going on too because I'm trying to be a, a conscientious fan, but also just so I can sort of say, hey, you know, these are the trends that's, that's happening to the, to the, for the readers. Um, we were talking about uh, before we started just like what, what are some of the trends and like one of them was that um, uh, uh, one of the animation studios just closed, which was it? Oh, Mangalow. Apparently, Mangalow, that's right. So yeah, I mean, one of the issues is that uh, it's, it's anime is a wonderful, wonderful place, and we all love it. But it's sometimes the business end can be quite uh, harsh, and and mm -hmm. so there's that that harsh reality that that you never know when your favorite animation studio is going to go uh, away. Mm -hmm. Did you guys see there was a a big discussion about a year ago when uh, Shirobako was on about? This is what the average salaries in the industry are. And it was a graphic that was in, in yen and then someone translated into dollars. And so you could see that pretty much everybody in the animation industry, except for maybe a, a director and above, is making quite a low salary, except for the voice actresses who are making fantastic, well, the, the best voice actresses who are making tons of money because they're able to get you know, royalties from songs and and they're in demand so they can they can have, you know charge a lot of money uh did you guys see that graphic yeah I, I i do seem to recall that we i think we talked about that on our podcast i, I think i remember oh, it being preposterously low like yeah frighteningly yeah, yeah low. Was, and of course i guess the, the 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 really low one is the the regular animators and then like like keyframe animators would be one higher upgrade than that but but literally like the animators who are doing the the, the brunt of the work are earning like eleven thousand dollars a year yeah, or something. It was. I remember like, that. You can't even wrap your brain around that. Like what? Uh, but then, of course, that may not necessarily be people in Japan living Japanese lifestyle. It could be because, of course, a lot of the, the, the fundamental parts of animation are done all over Asia now. So you've got it in right. Korea. I think all of Toei's stuff is done in the Philippines now. So really, when you're watching Sailor Moon, it's like, oh, we're watching Sailor Moon, this cool thing from Japan. Well, it's you know the the brunt of the work is actually done by illustrators and animators in the Philippines who are who are taking their cues and maybe the keyframes are being done. And of course all the design is being done in Japan. You know, so anyway, that's, that's, that's a little bit of a different thing to keep in mind. That's, that's an interesting perspective because I don't think that's something that we touched on when we were talking about the low animator income is, is the fact that what could be skewing that is cost of labor yeah. being outsourced. I mean, I don't, right. I don't I, remember the survey and what it exactly said, but I, that is an interesting point. I know we talked about the, the the outsourcing of labor because we were talking about how shoddy the recent Dragon Ball Super has looked. There were some really yeah. crazy crazy episodes in there that were just, wow. They were really subpar on in terms of just even character modeling. So Yeah, yeah. It's, that's the thing is they make changes because they have to make changes, but then you don't get exactly the same thing. And in some cases, fans won't stand for it and they'll they'll go watch something else um another trend that is in anime of course is the arrival of cg based animation which i've written about several times um in in my uh some anime like expelled from paradise arpeggio of the blue steel or blue steel and nice of sidonia r3 that use the it's it's called the cell look cg animation system by by a company called graphic Graphicana. Uh, and it's trying to lower costs 
by using CG, so you can have all CG animated stuff. Uh, maybe they're doing some sort of like body, you know, capture, motion capture, something like that. Uh, and it's these three anime are actually quite good and, and certainly worth watching. Uh, but overall, my eyes, I'm just, I've been a fan for so long. I'm just like, no, just give me, give me what I've had before. Uh, so it's, it's, I just don't know why they can't get it to look right. There's a, there's a, there's a frame rate issue and it just doesn't look natural. Maybe it has to have a lower than 30 FPS frame rate for it to look natural. And they're doing that, but it just, it's, Something about it looks I, freaky, and I and I want it to go away, sort of. I I agree. I agree with you, but but I do I do think, and and this is just my personal opinion. I do think though that I've I feel like it's starting to get better. Like I feel like Knights of Sidonia yeah. was the Knights of Sidonia was the first one I watched that there was a little bit of a an acclimation period. But once I got through that, it was like a okay, this isn't as horrendous as what i kind of thought it was at first and right. and i mean it's a good show overall did, so you kind of forgive it did for you that watch expelled from paradise no i did didn't it's a it's a you know it's an interesting show and of course it's it's urubich again so i felt i have to watch it and it's uh and it's it's cooking me a so i have to watch it so it, it had my number for the beginning but yeah it was just again like just the motion and every time someone moves you're just going uh, and you sort of your brain is trying to to think why is this why is this not natural and and maybe maybe like and actually I was watching one of them with my wife and I'm like don't you hate this and she's like what are you talking about uh, like she couldn't even tell that there was a difference and of course that's that's you know the standard non otaku you know yeah. person you know so I mean it's it's interesting to see where it'll go I just hope that like like what's important in anime is the warmth of of the motion and the characters and then anytime they're trying to sort of change that it's very dangerous on their part and they should realize the danger and be very careful i would say no do you think and then the though, other trend we were talking about is there there's an anime probably that no one in the world will watch about a fairy living in an onsen in hakone and i had just sort of written about how it's a basically a blatant advertisement for hot springs in Hokone, Japan that was made in manga form and funded by these, you know, the, the tourism board of, of that part of Japan or something. Um, and, and, and basically like one of the newer trends is that anime will be made that are five, five minutes long, or in some cases, 15 minutes long, or even three minutes long. So you've got a lot of new series that, that are super, super short. And I guess the, there when they can't fund obviously they can't fund a, a, a 22 minute uh, proper length series well they say well in that case we'll just do a five minute and and see if it gets popular and they're trying to get the benefits of having popularity and having you know figures licenses and things like that even though they don't have the money to license a whole anime and uh, it's an interesting trend there's certainly some good shows uh the mangaka the, the manga's assistant that was quite a good show and it was like half length um so again, like it's it's really difficult for them to to get a lot of traction with fans if the episode is three minutes long. It's like over before anything has happened. Yeah, I, I kind of have trouble getting into that personally. I don't know if you guys watched any of those shows. Yeah, well, there was a show, and I don't know. Actually, I'm kind of curious if you if you know how 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 they've been marketing this. But there was that show, um, that I can't I can't remember the Japanese title of it. But it was the it was oh it was Makuta no Danshi. Okay, I didn't watch that. The Pillow Boy anime. Okay, did not watch that one. 
It was like um, you're not missing much. Let me yeah. Let me give you a spoiler on well, that. It was like if you could imagine yourself lying in bed next to a pretty boy, and he just kind of you know talks to you lovingly about how stressful your day was and things like that. And then it's it was you know it's three minutes long. The intro is about as long as the whole show. And uh-huh. um, yeah, I just I w- I guess I'm curious. I guess I was curious if, if if you'd seen any marketing for that, but um. Maybe you'll run into it at some point, but uh, um, yeah, the Pillow Boys. The one that seemed the most successful was Yama no Susume, which I can't remember the English title, but the one about girls learning oh, yeah. the joy of the, joy of the uh, climb. And that got a second season. Okay. Uh, and, and, and based on like, you know, how often I saw it represented in the products that we sell and like, like it got a lot of posters in, in, um, Megumi and and Yan type, and so based on that, it seems like it was probably the most successful of the of all those experiments. I I remember and watching again, that like one, and it was to, actually good. Yeah, yeah, it seemed really good. I I watched like half the first season and wrote, wrote about it a couple times. That's the problem is I'm so busy I can't always watch a whole series. I just I I like watch it long enough to 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 ascertain if it's something that I want to write about, and then I'll do an article. And then I'll come back and watch it later if I have time. But meanwhile, I've got you know other things to watch, and you know that's it's, it's quite a strange. That's life. an interesting thought. Is though is that do you see anime having a potential to become shorter and shorter? Not ne- not just because of restrictions in production, but also in the way people are consuming media these days. I feel like possibly. People- I wonder. Do people like? I wonder what person like. First of all, a lot of these anime, pretty much any anime that we that that is that is you know quite good, they 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 show them at three a.m. and it's just this bizarre thing that all of the, the shows that are really really outstanding are broadcast at that weird time uh, because that's of course the the animation studio has to actually pay for for the slot. It's not like they they get money; they have to pay for the slot and they have to get some animate or some advertisers to to fund that. Um, and, and then like, you know, obviously the attack on Titan and that kind of stuff is, is shown at a more, at a more proper time. I think it was shown at a more proper time. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like anything like Naruto, those are shown at 7 PM. That's, that's prime time. But then like, like hotter he and all these, the shows that we're watching are, are, are something you watch at, at 2 AM and it's kind of odd. Um, but yeah, just, just, these are the trends that are sort of driving the industry and, and, you know the the quality is the quality of animation right now is high. The the shows that they're making is good, um, so I, I hope everything's going well. well. Obviously, they all the companies want is to make a profit and get something that, that is so popular that then then the licensing takes over. Of course, licensing is always where all the money is. It's not really about the animation itself. Uh, anime has to become really really popular. Like the the basic model of anime is is make a series, sell it on Blu-ray for 8,000 yen each. And this is why anime costs a lot of money. You're kind of like, why does, why does it cost $80 or $60 for a Blu-ray when it should cost $20 like it does in America? Uh, well, that's basically the, the funding system. And then if they sell 1,000 copies of each Blu-ray, they can break even. If they sell more than that, they can make a profit. And that's what the, the animation studio gets. And then the, uh, the, the various other partners, like anime is always is always if you look at the end of an anime series it'll say like copyright and it'll have some sort of group or or 
that they've made like like I think Howdy Hugh was probably made by the SOS Don or something like that. They've, they've got some cute group that they've come up with. Uh, often it's called the Committee for Promotion of whatever, whatever. Um, and then basically the, the companies, basically they set this up so that companies can come in as equal partners and then have a nice relationship when it's time to, you know, spread money around when, when money comes along. Um, so like, like Steinsgate, I believe, was made with Nitro Plus, which is the company that did the game, uh, Mages slash 5PB, which is the company that licenses the anime, um, and then anime. Plex will have done the licensing for figures and so like these are all the, the companies that are that are listed officially and so they are this is the sort of structure that an anime is made under and one of course trend we were talking about before is we we had never seen Universal Studios or Warner Home Entertainment in our anime before but that's that's a new thing is a lot of shows are coming along and I'm saying this was brought to you by Warner Home Brothers yes. or Warner Brothers Home Entertainment which is very it's strange. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in a Japan setting. Why am I seeing Universal Studios uh, comments? Uh, and that's just that's where the funding is coming from a lot of the times these days. Well, and that's something uh, American companies are finally. Yeah, that's something that I kind of wanted to get your opinion on because I was talking about this with uh, Mitsugi and our other host Cosmo the other day, where I feel like I've been seeing a lot more anime, and and, and we were even talking about it briefly before we started the the recording that. Knights of Sidonia was saved and given a second season because of Netflix coming in and getting right. involved. And and so I'm starting to wonder, you know, we've always said that that anime studios and creators and stuff don't care about the West. And and I generally think that's true, that for the most part, they've they've written off the Western market. But I'm wondering if as these bigger Western companies come in and start funding, saving, supporting anime, if the types of anime we see are going to shift and, and the themes we see in them are going to shift and, and become something that could have more appeal on a major mainstream level it here in yeah, the here I, in the states are you talking about like arslan senki which is universal i think universal will pick that one up yeah i mean it, yeah. i i've seen i just have seen this season i've seen two or three that have had western studios at the beginning you know brought to you by universal or whatever and it's it's weird i mean it's cool but it's very different yeah anything that gets like like when there was a, so so basically anime has gone through many different phases and in the in the 90s there was literally a bubble of licensing where literally uh, the 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 for example Sailor Moon each episode of Sailor Moon cost 9 or 90,000 I think it was $90,000 per episode to license and then of course you've got 48 episodes you know you've got this huge number of episodes so and that was just for the for the U.S. market. And then you do that again in France. You do that again in Italy. You do that again in Germany or, in Germany or whatever. And so, literally, that was this huge time when they, they they couldn't they just couldn't not make tons of money. And then, of course, the internet arrived. Internet is really good at disrupting things. So all that was going to obviously go away. Um, uh, and people back then, of course, we laugh now, but you would you would save up money and you go and you buy. Uh, you'd spend six hundred dollars on a box set of laser discs for Nadia because that's what you did to express your 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 love of of that anime. Uh, and now you know literally you can't get people to buy twenty dollars for a thin pack that holds the entire series, and they're like, oh, I don't want. Why are you making me pay twenty dollars? So definitely that it's there's a lot of probably frustration on the side of Japan, and and the reason Moe sort of took over the way it did was Japan said, well, okay. 
we, we can't expect America to to sort of fund our shows. We need to make something that will be popular. And, and like series used to be like 48 episodes and, and all the time. And now that's where you got the 12 episode base. That sort of became a standard because that's your that's like one kudu, the, the French word that they use. So one kudu is a 12 episode series. Uh, you had a lot of shows that that weren't about stuff that appealed to Americans because they had said, well, OK, you guys aren't going to buy our stuff anyway. We're going to make shows about about. You know, that's where all sort of the, the edgy stuff came in. Fan yeah. service that'll get this number of fans that we can that we can guarantee will come and buy our show. Um, and and so that was sort of a response to us changing. And of course, that's just the normal the normal flow of time and everything. Um, but then you had things like, in a big way, anime started, especially film started being sponsored by convenience stores, and you'd have product placement. Evangelion had, had tons and tons of you know, Chipstar and Ebby's Beer and lots of convenience stores. And so that was another response. So, I mean, they're just doing what they need to do to, to you know, pay the bills, obviously, and to get the next series funded. Yeah. Um, and so if, if that means working with Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, that's that's fine. Well, and, and I'm not I'm not saying it in a bad way. And, and I agree with you is that it it's oh, yeah. it, it, things happen in stages and things evolve i'll just be interested to see if there is an evolution of anime that comes of these american partnerships and and speaking of evolution there's there's kind of one more thing that that we wanted to to at least get your perspective on being in japan um we talked about this on our recent podcast episode but the Shibuya Award is now allowing same-sex partnerships, and our understanding is that these are are not really completely like legal marriages, but more of a, I don't know how how would you phrase it like sim- symbolic. Yeah, well, but... I call it more symbolic, but at least it's it's a, a positive step, certainly. Yeah. Are. Yeah. Well, we always, I mean. You know, we've talked about this a lot, and we get quite a surprising number of, of mailbag inquiries about, you know, Japan's take on, you know, homosexuality, or and and uh, you know, and we always say, you know, how we feel about it, and and I and I thought I I thought that it was a, that it was a pretty big step for Japan to uh, to even, you know, acknowledge that you know these same-sex partnerships for the purposes of. Uh, what was it for like you know if you're renting renting and for some medical thing for some medical mm. uh, purposes and I, I i didn't know if you had a take on you know japan's sort of uh one one big step for japan at a time i guess yeah so basically the like i i try to my job is really to try to to boil a bunch of ingredients about japan together to come up with some sort of Here's what it means. I'm trying to always do that. So anyway, one of the ways you can understand Japan is that it it always is 10 to 25 years behind, quote unquote, America and Europe socially, uh, sometimes technologically, but not usually, but more, more like socially, whenever there's a trend, uh, it'll, it'll come first, sort of in the same way that California often sets trends for the rest of the U.S. Something happened in California, then it'll, it'll be filtered to the rest of the country, and then something happens in America – and then 10 years later or 15 years later or whatever, Japan will say, okay, now it's time for us to, to do this because America did it 10 years ago. And we, you know, they can see the results. So like if a, if a new banking law comes along, um, Japan won't, it won't rush in right away. They'll, they'll sort of watch the results and, and the UK will do some new, some new banking law or the US will do some change 
change. And then Japan, you know, 10 years later or whatever, will follow suit, having verified that it's not going to have some negative effect on their on their economy or something. So uh, basically, so do I fully expect that 10 years from now or whatever, Japan will will get to where America is now? Um, one of the things about Japan, though, is that, you know, every country really is more conservative than America and Europe. So if you go to China, if you go to Japan, if you go to the Middle East, every single country is going to be, quote unquote, behind uh, socially. So so definitely it's it's, it's early to expect a, a big change in Japan. Um, but so it's really nice to actually see some change at all. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure at some point Japan will say, oh, the rest of the world is doing it. We don't want to be seen as as behind. And then they'll, they'll allow same-sex actual marriages. Um, Japan is like literally... When I came here, I came here in 1991, and they didn't have a car seat law yet. They didn't have a child car seat law, and and literally like a dozen times, I would go up to, to cars stopped at a light with a child not even in a seat belt, just sort of walking, you know, jumping around his car, and I would berate the owner, the, the mother, and say, "Look, you know, your child is in danger. You've got to get a car seat and make sure he's secure because if you have an accident, you are going to lose this wonderful child." And they just look at me like, "What's you know? No one ever does that. You don't, you don't do that the kind of thing in Japan." Um, but that's just that's just an, a way that whenever America's car seat law was enacted, probably in the 80s or 70s, you know, later on, 15 years later or 20 years later, Japan will will you know get with the program, and 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 now of course they have a, a car seat law, um, and they were really late about like you had to be 15 years old to get a, a an organ transplant, and that seemed to make sense because if you're not 15, you can't make a decision about uh, whether or not you want to do this dangerous transplant, but meanwhile that was a death sentence to anyone under the age of fifteen who needed a transplant. I was going to say, so but, you wow. but to, so you know, Japan, you kind of need to <laughs> to just follow the, the lead of the rest of the world here because you know that we, we, you know, so literally that was something that they literally like like six years ago they they allowed that. Uh, another one was That's brain crazy. death. There were you were not allowed to turn off the the uh, equipment keeping you, a person alive who is brain dead under any circumstances. So they literally had to sit there for 20 or 30 years waiting to die of some infection. And, and, and the, there's just no legal recourse to do that. And they finally said, okay, in these situations with a doctor and the, and the family agreeing, you can actually turn off the, the equipment. So, you know, Japan's a wonderful place, but it's not a trailblazer yeah. uh, when it comes to sort of the, the changes that are that are, we're facing in society. So, I mean, with with that in mind, have you heard anything? I mean, you're, you're not in the heart of Tokyo where you live. Um, and right. and I, I just I know here in the States how, how the way news in the States works is when, you know, when I, I remember when the whole gay marriage thing was really starting to get momentum and stuff. And, and the first place that issued the a gay marriage certificate, it was national news like it was everywhere and people were talking about it. And no matter if they had a side or whatever, was there any of that in Japan or would you say that most Japanese people don't even know that that happened? Um, they always have coverage of that. I mean, obviously, if there's a big Supreme Court decision, it'll be reported on the national news here, and and then that's pretty much it. I don't think it was discussed nearly as much. Um, the you know the attitudes are are slowly changing, and like I, I'll, I'll I don't watch much TV, but whenever I just happen to see what my wife is watching, she'll be I'm, I'm always like, oh, that's good. I should watch more Japanese TV. But it was basically a a show explaining the situation and explaining the the 
like explaining what the word trans transsexual meant and and what the you know just like and the like these are the pressures that a person in this situation would face working at a company and then for 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 companies this is the kind of thing you need to be considerate of your employees and in America this is finally starting to be legislated and in Japan it'll start to be legislated too in the future just sort of laying out the the basic ideas because because if you don't think about these things you go wow you know what do what do people do in this situation what do how do you how do you treat this kind of thing um, you know the, the first time you're thinking about it it's like it, it's a little bit of a of a question you sort of need to, to figure out the answer yourself um, but yeah Japan is is obviously far behind America you know right away just figured it's ten years behind America so go back and see what we were doing ten years ago we were just sort of really picking up the the, the topic. So that's pretty much where Japan is now, um, and and the idea like right now the idea that hi I'd like to get married these these two people are, are same sex and they'd like to get married it, it's not allowed at all, uh, but but yeah it'll be interesting to see at, at what point that changes um, for foreigners living here too like like Japan has a has a family registry and this is something that's been around since like the Meiji era and everyone who's Every child who's born gets entered into this registry, and when a like the act of getting married, you you're basically erasing yourself from your parents' family registry and adding yourself to your husband's family registry, and that's like expressed in like when you die, that's that's how they know who died, and that's which grave you're going into because you're part of that family registry. They've got this very strict system, uh, uh, and then for foreigners, we're like, okay, I, I'm married to my wife, uh, you know, I, I would like to be in this family registry, but for the longest time, you couldn't be added because you weren't a mm. you weren't a Japanese citizen and so then they had like a comment field that said uh, this person married this person and, and he's a foreigner and he's and he's uh, you know you'd be like listed in the comment field so you were sort of included but not really and they finally got around and changed it and said look there's no there's no benefit to keeping the system only for Japanese people so now foreigners can be properly in the system and I have a a friend who's an American man, and, and he was very set about like his wife was listed as the as the household head because she was the Japanese person. He was like, "No, I'm the household head. You have to list me." And then she is my wife, and you know he's the one earning the money. And so he actually like like made a stink and got them to change it and allow him to be listed as the household head on the on the registry um, because it was important to him for some reason. But yeah, you know, just little little things <laughs> like that that you have in Japan, and they slowly change. Another thing is that Japanese people. For the longest time, couldn't legally not have you, a woman couldn't not take her husband's name, so they had to make a system where you were allowed to have different last names even though you were married. And my wife and I did that mm. when it was like brand new, so it was very strange. Yeah. To uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for for sitting with us again and and giving okay. us our little slice of Japan. Is there sure. anything else about Jalis specifically that you want to make sure that our listeners know about or anything exciting that you have coming up or whatnot? Um, basically we're, we're getting into Christmas mode. So we're doing a lot of good site updates. Uh, we do a lot of adding of new stocks. I hope people come back and check the site. Uh, one of our secret, uh, weapons as a company has always been that we do update the site three times a week. So if you come back, you know, a couple times there'll always be something new, a lot of new products. There'll be a new little blur, you know, a little blog by me on the front page there. Um, we hope people will join our mailing list. If you go to our website, jlist.com or jbox.com, at the bottom of the page, there's a little sign-up box that says get love letters from us, and we'll send you our love letters if you sign up for that. 
Um, and then just hit us on social media. That's also a fun way to interact with us. And I like to like on the Facebook page, I'll say, Hey guys, uh, like I just wrote about anime that deeply affects you. And I say, what, what anime have deeply affected you? And people have their, you know, their, their list of anime and they sort of go back and forth. And I find a couple of shows that I, that I, Oh, I should watch that. Cool. So, so yeah, hit us up on social media. Um, hopefully we can, uh, do some fun things together. Uh, we think, uh, just J-List, like we're we're a we're a fun company. We love our jobs because because everything we're doing is related to anime and and toys and, and some naughty stuff too. But uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. We like to to have fun with our customers. So we hope you guys will come and check us out. Well, I know that we love any packages we get from J-List in the mail because there's always something fun in it. So thanks again, once again, All everyone right. listening. This has been Peter Payne. The man behind JList.com, the website we all love, giving us insights from Japan. And until next time. Okay, take care. Thanks, Peter. All right, bye-bye.